0: Doing Winter Park, doing all right? Yeah. Hey, let's welcome everybody that's watching from South Orlando right now. Can we welcome them? And everybody watching online? Yeah, man, we're family right here. I tell you, I I came back to my seat and uh, there was a towel. And so, uh, first service, I was uh, a little excited. I was moving around. That's why I wore my sneakers today, man. God woke me up early, man. I got a word for you, and I. Really, I've been praying, man, I've been praying that you would receive it today, baby, that you would leave here different, not because of anything that I said, but because of what he said in and through his word, man. And real quick, being that we have South Orlando tuning in, we're one family here, man. And so I thought it was appropriate that we, uh, we give a family update. Is that all right? Is that all right, a little family update? And many of you are confused. It's okay. Many of you think that, that animals are family. It's all right. Hey, don't hate me. Hold on. Don't, don't hate me. And don't send me any emails either. Can we stop it with the emails? So I want to give a little family update. I'm going to start with the animals. And uh, this is the first one here. This is this, Oh, no. That's Coco. If I'm just being real. And that's why we're supposed to be led in, in, by the Spirit in every aspect of our life. Every time I walk this dog down Tuscaloosa and she doesn't listen, I feel, I feel like a... Like, but it's all right. It's all right. We're still working on her. Give me the other one right here. That's Coco. This is Chanel. (laughs) Now, now Chanel has a contrite heart. She's obedient. She's broken. She's submissive. I love this dog. She's good. She's good. But she's getting influenced lately by Coco. And then then a couple of other animals, uh, two of them didn't make it. Two of them didn't make it. And it's all right. That's life. Uh, It is what it is. Um, But but, uh, uh, what was it? Hammy. Hammy didn't make it. The fish didn't make it, and Hammy didn't make it. And and actually, we, we paid a tribute to Hammy. Hammy's the hamster. Uh, actually, Pastor Justin's son, Kingston, helped me with a beautiful memorial. So thank you for that. Uh, we didn't do like a 21-gun salute or anything, but but we paid we paid homage and tribute to to fallen Hammy. And uh, we have a bunny too. And I man, the bunny, man. If anyone wants a bunny, if you're watching online right now, say I want the bunny. It comes with some food and a cage. I can't stand the bunny either. Hey, be praying for me as I navigate incorporating these animals into my family. But this is my family right here. Put, change, change the picture right here. Watch it. There they are. There they are. And, and to the left here is Mia, man. And I'll tell you this morning, it's, it's just something that we do, baby. It's something that we do. Every time I, I get the, the privilege of, of taking God's platform in an effort to make much of him, she always, she always comes. And she just <laughs> prays for me. We actually told Nelson to leave the room. It's a, it's a moment that, that Mia and I have. She has a shepherd's heart. I see her and I, I, I just, when, when she's in the bathroom, like worshiping and, and hearing the music and how she prays. And so that's, that's the shepherd's heart right there. Then the two in the middle, these are my knuckleheads right here. <laughs> these are Irish tw- uh, twins, which all that means is, uh, it was during a recession and we didn't have anything else. And so it was so quick, so close. <laughs> and it's like saved by the bell. These jokers, man, so much drama. And so hopefully uh, now they're going into high school, freshman year. Hopefully the drama kind of stops. That's I, just, I just thought about this. That's how Pastor Justin's belt. Christopher looks good, huh? Thank you, Pastor Justin. We are generous. And then, and, then, and then this beautiful girl right here, man. I tell you, man, my oldest, my firstborn, 18 years old, man. And I tell you, she's been such an inspiration for me, man. I tell you, when I see her, I see God operating in and through her, man. Adversity. Since the age of two, she uh, was diagnosed with, with lupus. And 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 Nelson and I would would have to just navigate just this journey, this hardship, this adversity, and 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 she's done it. I remember uh, uh, when she was two years old, I would drop her off at at at, at Winnie Palmer, at Arnold Palmer, and and, and with uh, Nelson as well, and she would have her little backpack. It would break my heart, man. And then moving forward, now she's 18 and still navigating the ups and downs with her condition. And 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 just recently, she had a, another relapse this time, it would, it would shut down her kidneys, complete renal failure, and now I find myself in a season where I drop her off now at the age of 18. It's not her little backpack, but it's her purse, going in for dialysis three times a week, and praying, and just like, God, like, but, but yet she continues to stand here. She's right here standing, worshiping God in her adversity, worshiping God in the fire, motivating me, encouraging me on the journey. And God has just been showing us as a family, man, we come together, man, we pray and we believe and at Encounter, I had the opportunity of preaching and God gave me a word for that night and I was to talk on God's power that it's available and attainable to us today, that healing is available, but sometimes healing doesn't come in the form that we want it to come. And so we're still believing in healing and we're about to navigate this journey of a kidney transplant and just believing that God's going to be with us because he will. And so thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support, because we are, in fact, family. And and that was the power. And today I want to talk about the promise. This is something that we're navigating as a family. And God is revealing this to me and my family, that it's his power, and this is his promise. And this promise, God gives over 7,000 promises to man. But I want to talk about the promise that you need to hold on to in this life. You will have hardship. Jesus actually says that. Adversity is right around the corner. We see the evil that we just mentioned during our ministry moment when we prayed together. And this is the promise that you have to hold on to that will sustain you, that will give you strength, that will give you courage, and that will give you victory. Do you want to hear the promise? Let's go to Bible. Joshua 1. Here we go, baby. Here we go. Joshua 1. We're going to take it from the top. And real quick, the, the book of Joshua is a book of new beginnings. And, and finally, after 40 years of wandering in the, in the wilderness, finally Israel, the, God's people are ready to claim the inheritance that he has for them. Ready to walk into everything that he has for them. Now he's filling some pretty big shoes. Moses has now died. And now he is being elevated into his next to take God's people into the promised land. And we take it up at verse one. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land that I've given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you so long as you live. That's a promise by itself. But that's not it, family. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Again, yet another promise. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them turning either to the right or to the left. Then, everybody say then. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day And night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, everybody say, "Only Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged. And here's the promise the Lord your God is with you wherever you may go. The promise. If you're taking notes, write this down, is his presence. And his presence results in strength, courage, and victory. And I want to talk a little bit today about receiving this promise. If we're going to receive the promise which leads to strength, courage, and victory, it comes as a result of doing a few things. And the first thing, write this down, we have to focus on the right thing. Look at this scripture right here. It's in the the text. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So this is showing us that success, that victory comes from following the instruction that you're given as you meditate on this book. Not a book, not Facebook, (laughs) this book, this book is the owner's manual. This book is the most reliable source of information we have to us available as humans. This is the most influential and consequential book that you'll ever read. It, It influences you and impacts you emotionally and spiritually and relationally. It impacts you, and that's why we're called to meditate on it, to study it. Why? Because it reveals our purpose. As you meditate on his living and active word, and as you study it, what happens is your purpose is revealed. Your assignment, not someone else's assignment. Your call, not somebody else's call. Your play, not somebody else's play. And what happens in the book of Hosea the fourth chapter, God says, my people perish for having a lack of knowledge. And so many times we're failing because we don't know the knowledge that reveals our purpose. Let me put it this way. Success requires clarity. And this is the book. Is the book that reveals your next. It reveals your next. The, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God that the Word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and it reveals the next, which causes you to live differently in the now. Oh. I know somebody at South Orlando is going crazy for me right now, baby. That was good. I, t- I told you I had my suit ready, but then I just t- I had to strap on the sneakers, man. I'm ready for it. I really believe, wholeheartedly, I believe that this is my assignment today to give you this, guys. And so I hope that you're not just, like, attention affects retention. And I hope that you receive this. And so so, so, so many times... We're looking at other books and other sources to provide our purpose. See, the purpose is what you're called to do, what you were created to do. And what happens is we assume that X is our purpose when the book is telling you that Y is your purpose. And then we got mad at God. We get mad at God. God is not obligated to adhere to your assumptions. He's only... Uh, bound to, to oh. adhere to his word in his word. That's right. <laughs> and so, so many times, anytime you use something in an abnormal way, abuse occurs. Frustration occurs. And, and what happens there is that if you use something in a wrong way, it's going to get hurt, it's going to get abused, it's going to get frustrated. If I take this iPad, for example, and I use it as a doorstop, <laughs> it's going to function as a doorstop. But it wasn't created to be a doorstop. It's going to be abused. It's going to be frustrated. It was created to be an iPad. Right? And, and, and I heard it once said that passion is what you like to do. Talent is what you could do. But purpose, baby, is what you're supposed to do. And so many times, so many times, get this. We're being doorstops. Oh. When you're called to be a, a, an iPad creator and get the point? You get the point? because success comes from revelation of your purpose, your next step. I like to do a lot of things. I could do a lot of things, but I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. And so, so it reveals our purpose when we meditate on it. Again, receiving the promise, which the strength, courage, and victory. It requires focus. We gotta focus on the right thing. It reveals our purpose, our design, our next, so we can live differently in the now. It also strengthens our character. It develops it. It develops it. It gets us ready for the next. And so many times, you got to get this, your character is not ready for your next. And God is not a sloppy God. He loves you too much. And so it's in the meditation of the book that your purpose is revealed and you're, you're strengthened. This is where the strength, this is where the courage comes from. This is where the attitude comes from. Not, not, not cockiness, not arrogance, but a confidence in who you are and whose you are. A son, a daughter of the most high God. There's an attitude that now prepares you for your next. And now what happens, and I'm telling you this right now, family. If I had the influence, impact, and income that I have now, 10 years ago, it would not, the character would not have sustained the current purpose. And so, so many times God sends us into wilderness seasons. And now you're in a holding pattern. You're in a holding pattern. Because when you're not in the book. And so, so now your, your character is shaken. Your integrity is not ready for your next. And now you can't operate in your next because you're currently in your present. Because that's, that the character is not ready. And that's why it's so important that we focus on the right thing. If we're going to receive the promise which leads to strength, courage, and victory. This is how Jesus put it. Watch this. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus in his word. This is how we remain in Jesus, in his word. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot produce fruit. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Okay, focusing on the right thing. But for apart from me, you can do. What does it say, family? Come on now, what does it say? It says nothing. Not some things. Why? Because that's the owner's manual for you. You were created on purpose and for a purpose with, with intentionality. He He knit you together. And he, and he shot you from eternity into time. And remaining in him, it reveals the purpose. It develops the character so you can fulfill your, your, your reason for existence, yeah. thus having victory and success. If we're going to receive the promise, which leads to strength, courage, and victory, we got to focus on the right thing. We also have to be aware of the voices in our life. Write that one down. Oh, my we got to be aware of the voices in our life. And I got three different channels here. Three different channels that I want to make you aware of. And the first channel is yourself. No one talks to self more than self talks to self. Am, am I right? Am I right? And so I want to just ask you two questions here. One, what are you telling yourself? And is that consistent with God's, God's plan and God's, God's word? That's why focusing on the right thing is so important. Because so many times we have a a broken belief system, which leads to broken actions. And we're wondering why we're frustrated and why we're failing. Because what are you you telling yourself? The book of power says it this way. There's power of death and life in the tongue. You got to watch what you're saying. And then I would ask you the follow-up question to that is, would you allow anyone else to talk to you the way that you talk to you? But we do it all the time. So that's our own voice. You got to be mindful of it. You got to be mindful of it. And if it's not consistent with the word, you got to check yourself. Oh, before you what? Wreck yourself. That was hey. But also outside voices. Outside voices as well. And here there's two outside voices that I want to I wanna, I wanna show you. And I want you to become aware of. And the first is the adversary, the enemy. Satan, the devil. This is not some fictitious character. His job description is to steal, kill, and to destroy. And, and, and he does that with his voice. God showed me that this week. Adam and Eve in the garden in Genesis 3 were not defeated and destroyed by the devil. They were destroyed because they heard his voice, which was similar, but it was a counterfeit. It was twisted. That's why we got to focus on it. We got to know it. And it was their, his voice that allowed them to receive that and self-sabotage coming outside of the purpose. And that's what happens with the enemy. He wants to take you off. He wants, he wants to tell you what you want to hear and not what you need to be doing because he knows what you like. He knows what you could do. And he doesn't want you to do what you're supposed to do. Does that make sense? And so, so, so throughout the Bible, the, 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 the Bible shows us animal metaphors to describe human personalities. And what was he in in Genesis? A snake. He slithered. He came close. So that's an outside voice. And people, snakes. Oh, uh -oh. uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, influenced by the adversary. So it's not people. It's people that are influenced by the enemy. You see, Jesus, on his purpose, on his course, His direction, his play, fulfilling his purpose. And what happens? Peter comes. He didn't say, get behind me, Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. And and the closer the proximity, the louder the voice. I'm going to say that one more time. The closer the proximity, the louder the voice. And what the enemy will do is influence people who are not meditating on the word, who are not authentic, to slither in. And when they slither in, their voice is loud. And I just want to make you aware of it. That outside voices that are not consistent with God's word will derail you. That's the second channel. The third channel is God's voice. And family, this has to be the prevailing voice in our life. The way I see it and the way I, I, I kind of like, 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 like think through it, it's a, a transcendent voice which leads to transcendent living. Meaning It's not a common voice. It's not just a normal voice. It's God Almighty speaking to you, which allows you to live differently in the now. He guides you. He leads you. And I want to unpack a word called discernment. Write that down. Discernment. Discernment. And this is just my translation and my, my definition of it, the way I see it. And again, so please don't send the emails. It's okay. It's okay, an offended brother and sister is unyielding to God. So so it's all right, don't don't be offended. But discernment is the ability, watch this, to recognize a pattern, a behavior, a threat, an issue, a lie, and then given the wisdom by God, the transcendent voice, to pivot and take the right action. I'm telling you, this is going to help you, family. No, real talk, this is going to help you. It's going to help you. My anointing is not for everybody. My, my personality is not for everybody. And so don't allow just the, the, the bigness or the loudness to distract you. This is word. This is word. Yes. I'm going to say it one more time what the sermon is. is the ability to recognize a pattern of behavior, a lie, a threat, an issue. And then the wisdom by God, the voice, the transcendent voice, it gives you the ability to pivot and take the right action. It's like the weatherman. Who watches the weather channel? Nobody. What about, what about the weatherman on TV? Man, nobody raises their hand and went, hey, next time, Pastor Justin, ask go like this. He, I, I can't believe that you really see everybody, Pastor Justin. I know in South Orlando, they're, they're all like this right here. But the weatherman, what does he do? He foresees something coming. He notifies the people. And then what? We're now prepared for it. So it doesn't stop. The, the sermon doesn't stop it from coming. It just prepares you for what's coming. Okay. And so if a hurricane is coming, you're not going to be out by the poolside (laughs) sipping a margarita. Before everybody looks at me, oh, you know you sip a margarita. (laughs) What are you going to do? You're going to board up the the windows. You're going to prepare yourself. And the sermon, God's voice, allows us to prepare ourselves for the next. Does that make sense? And look, what happens here with Joshua... This is 40 years after they've come out of the wilderness. But they were here before. They were here before. But what happened? Their own voice that was tainted by other people's voices prevented them from going in. What happens is this. Before, they're ready to go into the promised land. And Moses, the leader, the leader, he says, hey, go, go out there. And he sends spies to go and... Take a survey and an account for the land to verify that this is, in fact, the land that God has promised. They come back and they say, yes, it's flowing with milk and honey. This is it. But and what happens is the outside voices began to spread a rumor and say, hey, but there are giants there. No, there's issues there. The opposition is too hard. The adversity is too great. And now Moses, a leader, was influenced by the outside voices. And here's Caleb and Joshua saying, no, we can do this. They had the right attitude. They knew the word. They were hearing from God. But he was overwhelmed by the outside voices. And you know what happens? He never truly ever walks into the promised land. Everybody 20 years old and older never made it in except for Caleb and Joshua. As I was praying last night, I, I wondered how many of us, how many of us are so close to what God has for us, but yet we're allowing the voice of the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says he is, the father of lies, the one who comes against your character and the promises of God. We're allowing that to influence us, and now we're in wilderness uh, patterns. We're in holding patterns, and so we just got to be mindful Of the voices and being aware of the voices. If we're going to receive the promise, which leads to strength, courage, and victory, we got to focus on the right thing. We have to be aware of the voices in our life, and we have to know him. Write that down. We have to know him. We have to know him. Know who? Know God, and not just as God. And again, this has been the prayer. Last night, I came in here late, man, just praying over these seats, man, and Praying that, that, that again, the, that your eyes would really see him for who he is. Like, do you know him as God or do you know him as, like, God Almighty? Do you know him as healer? Do you know him as redeemer? Do you know him as, as savior? Do you know him as the one, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega? Do you know him? That he's sovereign. That he's spoken into existence. Everything that you see. And nothing just happens without him allowing it to happen. Do you know him? And to know him, you got to know the son. Because it's in the son that you see the father. Watch what Bible says. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time yet? You still don't know who I am? Anyone. Who has seen me has seen the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see the Father. When we look at Jesus, we see victory, we see love, we see compassion, we see forgiveness, we see grace, we see salvation, we see healing. And that is a picture of the Father that He is good, that He does love you, that God so loved you that He sent His only Son. That whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him all would be saved. What a love. What a grace. What compassion that he would see you in your brokenness. And maybe outside to see you all buttoned up and tucked in. But you know the mess that's up in here. You know the hardship, you know the doubt, you know the fear, you know the anxiety, you know the depression. You know the journey, because it's difficult. But he would see you in your mess, because we were the ones that put ourselves in the mess, but he would be moved by compassion. The Bible says in Philippians, it says this, although he was God, he did not think of Equality with God is something to cling to. But he separated himself. He, 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 he separated himself from his divine nature. He, he moved. And he takes up a body. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So he moves from his throne. And he comes here, takes up a body, and sacrifices for you. What grace? In Romans, the sixth chapter. That the wages of sin is death. But the gift from God is salvation through who? Christ Jesus. John 10, that the thief, the adversary, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life to the full. That's the Father seen in the Son. And when you know him, and you know that, that when you put your faith in him, you receive the Holy Spirit, now you can navigate the difficulties of this life and hold on to the promise, which gives you strength, courage, and victory. Yes. It's knowing the Son. And when you know him, you can trust him. For he is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie, nor a human that would change his mind, the Bible says. And when you really know him and trust him, you can receive the promise and the Holy Spirit will keep the promise right here. That although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. His presence. And I've seen it, family. I've seen it in my own life, man. I've seen it in my family. We've had hardship. We've had tragedy. We've had brokenness. We've had loss. In this is a season, my wife, and so, many, and so many hospital visits, nights, one week, two weeks, three weeks, I said, baby, you got to come home. She said, I can't. But God gives us this strength and this courage and this empowerment to be able to sustain that. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it with you, my church family, that this is not an accident that you're here. And I just want to encourage you to belong, like get, be a part of this. That we're so much better together as we as we encounter and as we face the difficulties of this life. And as a pastor, man, I'll tell you, I, this is what I'm supposed to, I feel called to this, to caring for his people, feeding his people. He says, if you love me, care for my people. If you care, love my sheep. And I, God has given me a heart to do that. And I wouldn't want to change it for the world, family. And the the, the, the it's amazing to see people go from death to life and discover their purpose and their own unique design and and make an impact in this life. But sometimes, man, this this role is difficult, man. And uh, it's in the difficulties, if I'm being honest with you, family, that I see knowing him really keeps the promise. I want to show you two girls that that have really impacted my life. In the last 60 days, I've had to bury two, two babies. Right here. And this is my, oh, this is uh, baby Sienna. And I tell you, I, every time, every Sunday, she would come in in her cart and in her carriage and, man, with her little, her little glasses and, and we just touched my life so much, man. And it just goes to show it doesn't matter how long you live, but it matters what, what you do with the time that God gives you. But seeing that their parents, Amanda and Derek, navigate this hardship and stand on this very platform and declare that God is good, that God is awesome, God is faithful. Talk about a perspective. That only comes from knowing him. Look at this picture. This next one, Serena Joy. Born prematurely. 23 weeks. I get a phone call. I'm at a gathering. And I just felt I needed to go, man. I felt I needed to go. It was 1030 at night and I and I go to the hospital, man. I go with Nelsa. She waits in the car, and I go upstairs, and I, this little baby, man, I, I go in there, and Natalie and Travis, I hug them, man. I, you don't even have words to say, right? You don't have words to say. I'm holding this little baby, like, holding this little baby, man. I'm just praying for the family. and. And I see, I see the, the, the mom and dad like still like praying and believing and, and thanking God for, the, for the, the, the days that they had with their baby. And I was reluctant if I was going to share this or not, but I, I feel led to do it. This is not a political stance. This is just my stance. We have to fight for the babies in the womb. And I'm not taking a stance on this. And I'm, I don't want to profess that I know what it is to be a woman. But what I do know is that 21 years ago, I influenced and persuaded my wife to have an abortion. And I regret it every single day. And I wish I would have that baby. And so I, my point is this. When you know him, you can keep the promise. And that promise will sustain you and give you the strength and the courage and the victory in this life. Why? Because it's the life to come where the victory is. And they could profess on this platform right here. Knowing him, to know him is to know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That death couldn't hold him and death can't hold you. But receiving the promise only comes from receiving the Son. Like accepting him, really seeing that, yes, this is him. This is what you did. And this was your compassion. This was, and I receive you, God. I receive you, Jesus, in my heart. You know, the, there's a, a reference called a type in scripture. And a type is a foreshadowing of a New Testament truth. In the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua, Joshua leads his people. Joshua in Hebrew says it means God's salvation. God is my salvation. And the the, the New Testament truth is Jesus leads us into the promise, into the promised land. And before I give you that opportunity to place your faith in Jesus, I I was driving yesterday and I just felt like it was necessary to share that first service. I'm going to share it again now. I'm driving down Colonial on 436. And uh, I pull up at the light there just turn red and I see this little old lady and she, she's on this walker and she's barefoot. And uh, I just know, man, so many times, like Holy Spirit will prompt me, right? That transcendent voice, God's voice. And, and there's been times that I don't listen to it for whatever reason, right? Maybe to do something that I could do or that I like to do and not that I, what I'm supposed to do. And But I also know that when I don't do it, I wish I would have. So, man, I whip, I whip the, the big carpet. What's up? All right, God, do your thing, like whatever that looks like. And we had this interaction, and uh, I tell her, I said, I said, baby, can I, can I pray for you? And she goes to give him her hand, and she stops, and she says, I'm dirty. I'm too dirty. And I said, baby, God doesn't care that you're dirty, and I don't either. And I believe that that story, that interaction, God would bring that here today so that I could profess it. Why? Because many of you think that you're dirty. Many of you think that you're not worthy of the promise, not worthy of having this God and receiving the free gift of salvation, which doesn't come from man, but it comes from above. But you know what? That's a great start because unless you acknowledge your dirtiness that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, unless you acknowledge that you're a sinner in need, of a desperate, in need of a Savior, then you miss it. But I want to give you that opportunity in your mess, in your dirtiness, to place your faith in the one who gave it all for you. If you would, bow your heads. South Orlando, if you're watching online right now, right where you're at, this is a, a divine moment right now. You've heard the gospel that God so loved you that he sent his son for you, that Jesus will lead you into the promised land, heaven. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Our Savior, our Jesus, has rendered you defeated. And so if you're in here and you want to accept Jesus, or maybe you're in here and you've, you've made that, that commitment before, you've made that, that decision before. But, but, but you've allowed outside voices and even your own voice and the voice of the enemy to take you off course, off purpose. And today is a day of recommitment, of a realignment so you can carry out the purpose and, and walk into the things that God has for you no longer in a holding pattern. And so if you're ready today to profess Him as King, Him as Savior, as a sign of faith, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Hallelujah, yes. Yes. I see you, sir. I see you. I see you. I see you, ma'am. I see you. God bless you, sir. Oh, my. Hands all over the room. I see you, ma'am. I see you. I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. God bless you. I see you, ma'am. Keep them high. This is your moment. I see you in the back. South Orlando, right where you're at. At your home, watching online right now. This is a moment. God is omnipresent. You can put down your hands. Say a prayer something like this. As I say it out loud, Father God, I thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your grace. I acknowledge and profess that I am a sinner in need of you. And so I accept you to my life, Jesus. I profess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. So come into my life, Holy Spirit. Guide me, lead me, allow me to carry out the purpose that you've called for me to carry out. I pray for all of us right now, God, that we would be a church that's united, not divided. That we would look to love one another and carry each other's burdens. That we would meditate on the word, we would study the word and from that place, we would add value to one another. That we wouldn't be snakes, God, but we would be ambassadors for you, Lord, encouraging one another, guiding people back to your intended will for their life. So I thank you, God, for a moment like this. And everybody who's watching online right now, God, we thank you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's celebrate those decisions, family.